The source of pure creation, the shapers used to create the world. The anthem has existed since the beginning of time and permeates all aspects of existence. The anthem has been the subject of much debate over its origin, limits, and if humans should attempt to channel it. Some believe it is nothing more than story and myth. Welcome to the weekly episode of the Freelancer Codex Podcast. Your host, Stephen, and co-hosts Mike, Devin, and JD are all set. Join us and tweet your questions at Freelancer Codex. Find us on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com. Strap into your javelins, and let's drop in. Welcome, freelancers, to a very special episode of the podcast. This is episode 90 of the Freelancer Codex podcast, the longest-running anthem podcast on the internet. And that's pretty cool, because we've been covering this game for a really long time. It's been 118 days since the game has been released on Origin Access Premiere. That is a lot of days. Does it feel like it's been 118 days to you guys? We'll, we'll start with Mike, who's obviously the most athletic freelancer out there. Mike, has does it feel like it's been that long? No, not really. Um, it's, it's kind of um, not eye-opening, but just kind of surprising that it's been that long. It doesn't seem like that long ago that we first jumped in and, and found out everything that we could about Anthem. So it, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but 118 days is a long time. It's true. We'll ask Devin. He's the, he's the fluffy freelancer. Devin, does it feel like it's been <laughs> that long or has it just been super short to you? Uh, I don't I mean, it seems like the game did come out a long time ago. You know, when I, th- I think back to that first crazy weekend that Mike and I had, you know, after your graphics, after Steven's graphics card died. Yeah, that was um, bad. Uh, you know, I mean, like we put in, you know, 40 plus hours by Monday that, morning. Oh, yeah. We was, it might have been more <laughs> but, than that, actually. Yeah, it was, it's just crazy. Like there's, you know, just played it so, so much. And uh, it seems, it, it does really seem like a long time ago. And, uh, but I mean, it's cool. Yeah, JD, what do you? What about you? You're the uh, the absolute unit freelancer. How 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 does it feel to you? Is it bit? Has it felt like it's been that long? I mean, you you got to play less time. You only got 111 days, so I guess obviously it's less for you. But does it feel like it's less? I mean, it's um, it, it feels like a. It, it's weird because I've had a lot of things happen since the game released that. Like, for example, like I wasn't an uncle when the game released. I was a rookie teacher. Um, I hadn't had as many like experiences like um, in my career, like personally yet. So like there's a bunch of milestones of the past since then that make it feel longer. But um, instinctually, I still just want to say no, because it's it, like you. I was initially surprised when you said 118 days. That's it's that seems like a bigger number than it should be but i guess it is it, it's going by really quick and i am i am your host steve the dad bot freelancer devin i'm gonna let you explain um the story behind our names um while i because i forgot to do this before the show but we have a giveaway and i've got to get set all these links up so i'm gonna let you explain that before we get to our giveaway okay so uh you don't, you don't you don't have to tell the person that actually said this we can keep that anonymous for a little bit right until I, yeah, until we'll I punch it. that person in the pants the next time we see him. <laughs> next time. Yeah, so at EA Play, we had a great time. And then after EA Play, we went out to dinner. A group of uh, 
you know, us that were there. And as the evening was drawing to a close, um, we were all saying goodbye and, you know, cause we're all going our separate ways. And he turns and looks, you know, to Mike and he says, Oh, it's, Goodbye. Obviously, the most athletic freelancer. <laughs> to which Stephen says, "What?" And he just is like, "What?" He turns and looks at him. He's like, "Well, I mean, you, you just look, you know, like a like a dad." And so Stephen was became the dad bod uh, freelancer, and I gave myself the own the fluffy uh, freelancer name. But it was it was a long twelve hour drive for Mike because uh, on the way back because every time he said something. Um, I always said, well, listen, you know, uh, okay, most athletic, obviously most athletic freelancer or something. <laughs> really funny. Stephen was a little sad for a while. I mean, um, it kind of, it kind of, you but, know, you're like, hey, you're just the dad bod freelancer. And like, oh, like dad bod kind of has a negative connotation. It doesn't, I mean, it's, it's a dad bod. So I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I guess I'll go over here. And I guess I think the story is really funny because this person um, didn't remember Mike's, Mike's name. So just on the on the spot came up with, oh, you're obviously the most athletic freelancer. And it's kind of been a running was, joke. So. I was trying to leave that part out, Steven. All right. I mean it's I mean what else did you do? I didn't realize I didn't realize that part of it. I mean that's that's just me reading into the situation, or else why do you come up with the nickname like, hey, see you later, Mo- obviously I mean, the most athletic is. freelancer. It could have just been, you know, like last minute flattery. But to be fair, if I was in that situation, I couldn't remember somebody's name. I would also just like choose like a compliment that like you're too busy focusing on the compliment to realize the fact that I don't remember who you are. What? Um, <laughs> anyway, so that's the story. Well, of we thing. decided right? we made anyway. a deal. So Mike's decided he's going to just be candy bars and ice cream till next EA play and gain some weight. Steven's going to get yoked, and I'm going to get So I actually, I ran yesterday. I ran a mile yesterday, and I did stairs. I ran a mile and a half today. So, yes, I am going to, by this time next year, I will not be the deadbot freelancer. So that's my Devin, story. I'm sticking you to and it. me next year, EA Play, just showing off our six packs. Let's do it. Well, we might scare a few people. Yeah. You know what? I always said it's better to have a cake than a six-pack, right? (laughs) Is it really better? Anyway, okay, so before we... Do we yeah. have a do we have like an awesome giveaway that we're gonna do here like right uh, now? Oh, we're Mike. actually we're actually gonna do it right now. The most impatient freelancer, Mike. So this is we've got a uh, card box with some dice that we're gonna do a giveaway on right now. So we made these things up. We I mean we like giving stuff away on the show. We've done it a bunch of times. We're gonna do it here now. So really quick, I sent out a tweet, and all you had to do was follow and retweet retweet that thing and retweet. live in the United States. Retweet. And so the winner of this is actually. Francisco Valesquez. Ah. So that is Frankville92. We are going to send the message out to this person, and they won this awesome giveaway. So, And we'll do a, lot. We'll do awesome. a bunch more of these in the future because that's what we like to do. We love giving back to the community. All right, so real quick, we had a lot of things happen over the last weekend. We did an interview that we posted with Ben and Chad. We got to go down to EA Play. We got to do a couple uh, capture sessions. We got to talk with the developers and a feedback session. Some of those things that we cannot talk about because of non-disclosure agreements. This, to a lot of people, automatically gives us no credibility and makes us a shill because we are we're invited out by mm-hmm. EA. I don't know what to say I had a bad to experience on Reddit. <laughs> you got you got to stay away from the subreddit. 
Steve, so I, you got to stay to people that think that, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I wish you good luck. Um, you probably weren't part of our community anyway, so I guess we'll <laughs> don't let the door hit you on the way out. Um, one of the things that we talked about a lot when we and and I don't know why I need to like talk about this, but I kind of need to talk about it because it's been on my my mind for a little while. When we were talking about getting EA or game changer status, a lot of the times we would come. It's like, well, if we're if we're game changers, do we lose credibility? Is it always going to be like, oh, you're in the back pocket of EA? You can't, you know, you're always going to say nice things about them. I'm pretty sure that that hasn't been the case on this show. We've been pretty critical, um, pretty honest in all of the feedback that we've given them. So. If you think that we are, I, you know, I'm sorry. I guess you could call us out on it, but I don't, we've never been, none of, none of our listeners, none of the community members that we have have ever said, Hey, you guys are too easy on this. We had a community member, one of our, um, I mean, we could say rusted came to us. He's like, guys, I've been pretty negative on this, on the game. I don't want that to affect your game changer status. And we talked with, we talked with rusted and said, you know what? If us being negative or honest about the feelings that we have towards Anthem would get us kicked out of the program, then it's not a program that we want to be a part of anyway, and it would be no skin off of our back, right? So I got into it with someone that um, was saying that, hey, you know what? These people were fired because they were negative. You know, you you should care about this. And, you know, I was honest. I said, you know what? I, I don't care. There's, o- there's almost 2,000 game changers. Um, a lot of stuff happens with all of them. Like, I mean, this is just me being honest, but I don't follow all of them. I don't care what, what happens to them. I don't know who all of them are. I don't know who all of them are. And I know it sounds bad when I say that I don't care. And then maybe I should care about something, but I'm like, you know what? Also at the end of the day, I don't care because this one person got negative reviews. And then afterwards they went back and changed their review after they lost that status. I don't know what that says about them that, you know, okay, they were, you know, limiting their i i don't know i didn't read into it i didn't do any research on it because i i don't care and i don't want to know about it i mean and at the end of the day i was thinking about well should i care and i was like well no this isn't like a human rights issue um you know that i really should care about this is video games we don't even know if that's the whole story right i mean that's whatever they said you know it's obviously a one-sided story you know of, of reports of what he said and what everybody's running with so we don't know I mean, and and a general rule of thumb, I don't believe anything that I read on the internet anyway. So if I wanted to take the time to do the research, I guess I could do that, but I don't because I don't care. If you think that's bad, I mean, you know, message me and tell me if you do. If if I may, like, even if there is any kind of perceptible difference in how we address uh, certain things or how we phrase certain things, like the, the whole the whole thing is is that if anything that just comes from a point of our personal preference when it comes to you know how civil we choose to be in our interactions with anybody i mean the whole thing is that i've i, I have been in very few situations where i have felt the need to be as nasty as some of the people that i see online and the the thing that some people got to remember is that if we are you know, like not as harsh as we possibly could be and harsh meaning like, you know, like using more harsh language, using, um, you know, like hammering in certain points, the way how they're hammered in by other people online. You have to remember that we're not just people online that have been talking to faceless developers whose names we, we have only seen on a the screen. These are real people to us that we have met. We have 
shook hands with, we have uh, spoken to. These are these are people that we cannot forget. Our people, and I know a lot of people forget that they're dealing with real human beings when they're on the other side of a computer screen. We are very much aware of the fact that they are people. We are not going to call. Well, we are not going to call the developers of Bioware's like talentless hacks because we don't like the way how loot is balanced. Okay, that's just not us. I know it's certainly not me. Like, if there's any perceptible difference, it's just a personal preference of how we like to treat people, especially those we've actually met. Well, I yeah. think a lot of times we we confuse like harsh language for criticism. It's like I don't need to say, "Hey, you're an effing idiot. Yeah. This is broken. Fix it." To like get the point yeah. across. I mean, it's very much like, hey, guys, this is what I think of this. This is my feedback. I mean, you don't have to be you don't have to be you don't have to be that guy in order to get your your point across. So anyway, so if if you have questions, comments, if you want to talk about that, you know, you can send us a message, send us an email. You can even leave us a voice message at 505-386-7917. You can do that and that will be fun. We'll read it on the show. Someone actually left us a voicemail the other day wanting to reach out and contact. But my I was not able to get their email address. So if that was you. Please send it again and maybe just shoot us an email at freelancercodex at gmail.com. All right. Lots of things to talk about. First thing we're going to do, we're going to talk about the PTS cataclysm. All right. Because that's the most fun thing. Mike, unless you had something to say. Nope. Nope. So so we're going to talk about the cataclysm. Then we're going to talk about EA play. Then we're going to talk about prediction, the predictions that we did a couple episodes back. We're going to see who won those. And then we are going to... I think we're going to do a little bit of a lore section and then we'll kind of go from there. Cause I've been reading a ton of the lore lately. Um, <laughs> recently Cameron Dayton put a challenge up on Twitter and said, Hey, answer these three questions and whoever answers these questions correctly will become the lore master for the month. So he, the first two questions were pretty easy. They were about Helena and um, they are about the first freelancer Medidaron. I think that's how you pronounce his name. And then he said, "Hey, what is the name of the planet? Everyone has access to it. Access to it. Everyone has seen it. You'll be able to read it." So we, a bunch of people on the internet, were you know reading everything that we could. We were going through the code, through the codex. We were going through the art book. We were going through the comics, trying to find this stuff. Turns out, Cameron posted the name of the planet in a tweet where the ciphers were talking to each other and the name of the planet was coda c-o-d-a now i i asked i asked the dev at you know um at ea play it's like why did why did you guys take so long to reveal the name of the planet like why was it you know such a big secret and they're like well we didn't want to share it share everything at once like okay whatever so that was their reasoning, I guess. So they didn't want to share everything. But right now I want There's to talk... There's a lot to share, right? Th- so, there is a lot to hey, share, but this is something that we were asking like from the very beginning when you know the name Miris popped up on, on the website. And we're like, is the name of the planet Miris? Doesn't matter. Is the name of the continent? But now we have the name, so now we can move on with our lives and we can all you know not lose all that sleep. <laughs> all right, so cataclysms first. <clears throat> I want to talk about everything that there is in the cataclysm. Um, specifically the Cataclysm event. We can talk a little bit about the free play event later on if you guys want to do that, if we have time. But I want to talk about the new play space, the puzzles that we have, the enemies that we're fighting, the secrets, and um, I guess we could talk about the bad guy at the end if we want. I mean, this... I mean, or do you guys think that this is still it's kind not of spoiler final, right? territory? So there's no point in really talking. It's not final, so... So we won't even talk I about... I don't really see any point in talking about it. Okay, we won't talk about the boss until they get all that fixed so new play space michael i would i want to know your opinion on the play space that we have now during this cataclysm i enjoy going around it 
It's new. New is always fun. It's got some new elements in it. It has beaches that, which is a new terrain that we have not seen before. And then you go into caves and you find different things. It's got definitely some verticality verticality in it, which I always seem to get lost in because I, I don't forget that there's verticality, but I have a hard time always looking up. Um, so that is sometimes confusing, especially when Devin's like, follow me. And then he's gone. And then you're like, where'd you go? Um, there's definitely <laughs> deep water. There is lots to do under the water. There is an element of time involved yes. in this new area that, that you don't really have enough of, um, unless you're looking for the safe bubbles and the, um, and I think those might, those are a little too far apart, but, but overall, um, in general, it, it plays very fun. Um, it's, it's, um, enemy heavy, enemy dense. It's, there's lots of cool things in there. Lots of great directions that can, that this, um, area can go. And so it's, it's a fun place. If you haven't had a chance, um, get a PC and, and jump in, you get that PC <laughs> access and, and have some fun because, because it really is, it really is the most <laughs> fresh. Oops. Well, I mean, I, I mean, it really is I mean, the most fresh thing to do and it's fun. Um, and, and I hope we do get a chance to talk about the actual free play cataclysm events, um, that are going on. Cause I find that those are just as much, if not more fun. So, well, I think, <clears throat> Oh, sorry, I got something stuck in my throat. What was I going to say? Um, oh, you know, if, if Anthem comes to Stadia or xCloud, maybe everyone will get access to that. Cause they can just, you know, jump on Anthem from anywhere. Hold on. I'm going to cough. So you guys keep talking. Devin, give us your opinion. <laughs> All right, so I I really have a lot of fun in the Cataclysm. Um, I don't know if it's a bug. I don't want to tell. I don't want to. Maybe I don't want to spill the beans on this because it might ruin my, my experience. <laughs> no, but it's. I'm sure it's probably a bug. Uh, it has to be a bug. There's no other explanation for it. <laughs> uh, as the interceptor, I can I can play the Cataclysm on normal and explore the whole time without dying, as long as I don't get. It's weird when I say it. I can explore without dying as long as i don't get hit right so so, so the storm uh, is not killing you yeah the storm is not well i mean it destroys all my shields and it gets and but then i don't lose any health right which is so and weird. i've had the health ui bug and different things where it's shown you know millions of health things and then what looks regular and um but i can cruise on through on on normal and um it it, it doesn't kill me so i can just keep exploring and if i do start losing health i can there's also you know orbs within the cataclysm that can replenish your health and also get rid of the storm effect and so i know i've played it uh, a lot in the last couple days and so i know where most of those items are um so it's easy for me to to get stuff but i mean it's still a lot to explore a lot of things to figure out a lot of puzzles to do um it's really fun they put a lot of a lot of neat stuff into it and uh, it's not it's not even fully complete yet. This is just this version, and they keep uh, changing things. Like yesterday, there was only so many events to do, and now there's more today. So um, yeah, it's today a lot of they, fun playing. Today they opened up all of them. So really what you're doing, Devin, you're living the best freelancer life to where you can go into the storm, explore mm-hmm. without the fear of dying, so you can get all this exploration done. Because one thing that we have been doing over the last couple of days is building a map, 
marking where ev- all points of interest are, where all the teleporters are. And there, there's a lot of teleporters in this thing. Yeah. I think we're go. up to like uh, six different sets of teleporters. So that's 12 teleporters all over the map. There's mm-hmm. little there's um, little areas where you collect three um, echoes in the vicinity and you put them into the thing and out pops. What do you get when you put them into the thing, Devin? You get extra uh, time? <clears throat> no, you don't get any extra time for this, but they'll drop... So they, they drop four other orbs inside of a circle. Well, it's technically it's six orbs. The, there's four that drop first that give you uh, points towards your uh, multiplier and also your score. And um, then the second two that drop, it's all placeholder art for this stuff, but the second set that drops uh, re- replenishes your health and the benefit from the storm. Like So the storm effects go away. And there's three different ones that are in there, and I found I was able, you know, exploring. I was able to find all the the echoes for these locations, and I mean, we don't know if anything's going to change post uh, PTS, like if they're going to move any stuff around or anything. But right now, it is what it is, and so I'm able to go through, find all those spots. And uh, there's also the relics, right? They give you those give you additional one minute. The runes. There's three so far. The runes, yeah, not relics. Yeah, uh, those give you. A minute of extra time, and I found three of them so far. So I, so There's I found four, three. but a fourth one doesn't work. Yeah, that's so, the one that I found that doesn't work. So, I mean, the one that's the, on the ground, the, the, the play space area, it's it's large, but I I also like you, Mike. I feel like if if you just wanted to go in for the sole purpose of exploring the area, that's very difficult to do because the bubbles are spread out. I I mean, you might be able to fly in between a couple of them. But really, if you want to get around fast in this space, you have to use the teleporters to do that. And that doesn't really yep. lend to the idea of, hey, I want to explore this. Because a lot of times, once you start exploring something, you see a path. By that time, if your game is not bugged like Devin is, then the storm just kills you. And you can either like save up your super or your ultimate. So you can pop your ultimate before you die. And that extends a little bit of the time that you get to explore. But I would almost rather, you know, if you wanted to explore, maybe if you're playing on easy, that kind of increases the time before, you know, before the, the storm kills you. Because currently, if you go from easy to Grandmaster 3, that duration is the same amount of time. You'll die in the same amount of time um, on, on those difficulties. So I would like. Well, to you see... can also get those same orbs that get rid of the effects from enemies. Um, when I, I kill a lot of those, they it shows up as scorpions, but they're elementals. Uh, right. right now, it's it's tracking them as scorpions, but they're they're elementals, and so um, I kill a lot of them. And and every group, there's at least one orb that'll that will get rid of the, the storm effects and heal you. So I mean, there's ways to get around. I mean, obviously, on the higher difficulties, it's going to be more uh strenuous against you but that's why the whole thing is you know it's meant to be played with a team so that you can help each other out but right and and i think that i think that should be stressed like this is not a single this is not single player content it's not two player content Uh, some of these right now yeah some of the and, and it is for me also just because we're exploring we're trying to find these things so that when the when the cataclysm does release we're going to be able to pick the best pass. We'll know where everything is, and you can kind of min-max. Hey, this is where we're going to go. You take care of this. You take care of this. So, and 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 I and I'm enjoying that. I I do like it. I just wish I could explore more. I mean, it's a weird complaint. It's not even like a really a valid complaint. Like, hey, I don't like this. It's just because of what it is right now and what I'm doing. Um, the cataclysm doesn't lend itself to exploration right now. 
And that's just because, well, it's not supposed to. You're supposed to be under the clock. You're supposed to be going for a score, and you're supposed to be communicating with your team. So the play space area, I really enjoy. But you're right, Mike, some of those bubbles are pretty far apart. But maybe once we figure out, you know, exactly where you need to go, um, we'll work that stuff out. So, J.D., what do you think about the play space area? Uh, I thought it was pretty awesome. Um, I mean, mind you, at EA Play, I was really experiencing it for the first time uh, because, you know, as uh, we've mentioned in other podcasts, I don't play on PC, so I don't have access to the PTS. Um, I really liked it, though. Um, in terms of the overall atmosphere of the uh, of the cataclysm area, it really felt like an unstable and wild storm. Um, it, like everything from the lighting to like the actual like the effects of the storm. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, like in the PTS, um, do they have all the uh, all the full of well, full visual effects for the storm uh, running yet? No, they do not. So what? So we're not even seeing like the full like devastating appearance of the storm, which is incredible to me because it it had the right atmosphere in my book. Um, I like the landscape. It's um, it's not as big as some of the other areas. I mean, well, it's not as big as Bastion, obviously, but it's very vertical. It's very vertical. Um, like that one area where uh, where you do the uh, the echoes puzzle. Uh, that's like really high up uh, from where you start. And that's awesome. Like, I, I love that like some things are like right at sea level. Other things are like about halfway up. Some things are like super high up. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. I like the, well, I like the rain. I like the underwater areas. The underwater areas feel pretty cool. Um, I really can't wait to see more of it. Much of EA Play was basically just me real, like looking at everything, going, "Yeah, I need to build a new PC. I need to get on this. I need to. I need to be there. I want to be where the people are. I want to yeah. see. Want to see them dancing." It's funny how they can have the effect on like on that. So, Mike, let's let's talk about the puzzles because there are. Let's see how many different puzzles do we have here. Currently, before we started, before today, we only had access to three of them. I think there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them plus um, the boss at the end. So we have seven different puzzles. Mike, do you want us walk walk us through the first three that we encountered and kind of go through the mechanics of them? Um, so the three that we had when we first jumped into the PTS when it went live, this was the Tuesday before EA. So we were able to play it for a little bit. So we went live and we jumped in. And the first area that we went to was an area that we called the pylons. I don't remember what it what the name is on the map. I think that's um, the approach. The approach? Okay. So yep. the approach... This puzzle is a pylons puzzle, and there are enemies surrounding seven um, pylons that you have to interact with. And when you interact with them, they start to go down. And in order to break the shield against uh, that, in order to break a shield around a crystal that we're supposed to destroy, all seven pylons have to be down. The thing with these pylons is once you start sending them down, they'll stay in the ground for a little bit, but then they'll start to come back up. So it's a timed thing and it's a coordination thing, making sure that because if I because if I start putting my two pylons down before we're ready, um, by the time everybody else is ready to put their pylons down, mine will be back up and we'll have to start the puzzle over. Um, So this one is is pretty easy to do. 
Um, if you have a nice system, you know, taking the pylons down in a uh, clockwise and or counterclockwise circle, however your team decides to do it, is the best way to do it. You put someone on ad control and they take care of enemies. Um, you put someone... You put someone on the uh, the node up at the top control to make sure that you can survive the storm long enough to complete the puzzle, but pardon me, but also so that that node is up so you get the plus multiplier by the time the puzzle is completed. So there's kind of a game there that you have to do to make sure that the timing is all down the way it's supposed to. Yeah. So this and- one's pretty straightforward. You you put the pylons down, you shoot the thing, uh, you move on to the next area. So I and and I tried doing this one by myself as a storm. I don't know if maybe I mean the interceptors is slightly faster if you can do its triple dash. Yeah. But I was not able to do this by myself as a storm. There's just not enough time. It actually takes quite a few seconds for the pylons to go down. So single player storm, you need someone else or else you will not be able to complete this. I don't know, Devin, did you try to do it with the interceptor solo? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's easy to do with the interceptor. So also uh, I've done it a couple times, and the last one is always slow to register. Like so, I'll I'll be going around, and I hit the last one, and I I was even I'll count, but it on the the counter it still says six of seven complete, and I'll be boosting around trying to find like where did I miss one, and then it just clicks and go and goes through. But the triple dash does I can pretty much triple dash between each individual pylon with no issues, and um. I think the real issue here is going to be finding the balance, especially when all of the the uh, uh, events are up and available because you're trying to get the highest score, but also completing one of the uh, events uh, adds time to what you're doing. So you can't, uh, you know, but it also boosts your multiplier. And mm-hmm. so it's going to be tricky of, okay, how quickly do I, do I complete this? And also do I kill all the ads? And let them come in a couple waves first to get more points. And so I think school is going to give us a lot of things to try to do trial and error on and find what what's best for getting the highest score. So That, that will definitely be interesting. So the next puzzle, um, yeah, this one's pretty straightforward. And we've done this before. I think you do it in the sunken cell. You do the same puzzle. So the echoes, Mike. You want to give us a rundown on the echoes? This is this was a fun one. This will be. A, I think this puzzle will probably break teams so well, this, this is the puzzle that we call the echoes um and what area is it in steve this hope is shattered. up in the uh it's in hope shattered yep it's hope shattered in hope shattered this is one that we it's call like the hope echoes solo but it. she's not playing anyway sorry <laughs> so i had to get my six... soccer joke in mike anytime now i mean Mike's you go like, for you it you're gonna stop interrupting I mean, it's funny because you like do it to me all the time. So, I mean, really, you are the most impatient freelancer today. So, if you want to carry on, we can go ahead with the echoes. <laughs> so, the echoes the are echoes, a. <laughs> there are six echoes above ground that have to be taken in a specific order. Um, to, to There are actually three echoes above ground, right, Devin? Four. There is five. See, see, I actually above, am super, I'm super unclear on this well, there's one. There's five because, total, but there's four above ground, and you have to take yeah. two underneath. Okay, gotcha. To yeah. unlock, because one is locked behind a couple doors that the echoes are used you to, have to open. Take all and four then, of them. Yeah, so you, so you open doors, you get the echo out of its echo chamber, 
you pull it back out and you take it up top and they're in different places and you have to stand on plates to open up echoes and it's and it can be very very frustrating when you're playing with someone um who may have been playing for the first time and didn't really know exactly <laughs> what to do <clears throat> JD. what that so could be frustrating there's that there's that um this one it's the first time right coordination this one takes communication yes. and making sure that all communicate communicative channels are open and equipment is working um but it's fun it's this is i think this is one of those things again with the time that is involved can be fine-tuned to be done very quickly in order to have all that time left over to defeat the final encounter with time left to add to your multiplier so it's fun and and so far i really do think that this is the puzzle that if It'll, it can stop a team that's doing well when they get here and they're not communicating well. This will be the puzzle that breaks up that team because they're not talking about, hey, you're grabbing this one. Okay, we need to put this one down here. We need to move this one down here. You're on the plate. You're off the plate. This will be the one that will require teams to actually you know be gelling with each other. Yeah, I mean, of the first three, that's probably the one. But the of the new ones, I think the other one over by New Dawn is going to be worse. So... Yeah, and I, and I haven't done that one yet, so we'll, it'll be fun to see. All right, last one, Mike. This is your favorite. This is Mike and Devin's bread and butter here. We would go do this one, and Mike and Devin say, we'll do this. You guys just shoot, guys. <laughs> and it was actually kind of funny because when we first started playing this one, Devin thought there was a, a more rhyme and reason to it. And so he was telling us, go get this one. Make sure you get that one. You have to do this kind of thing. It was only later that we realized we think anyway, I mean, there could be a mechanic that we're, that we're doing that we don't understand, but we think that this one is just timed. There are four echoes behind a wall. For, I'm sorry. There are four um, relics. Relics. They are relics. There are four relics behind a wall, um, two behind two, they're in pairs. If you go through the wall with the relic on you, it actually um, despawns and goes back into its spot. So it's like a force field type thing. So you just have to time it to make sure that you're going, you're not going through the wall. But there are two walls to get through. You have to take one and jump through the wall to get to a room that is also gated. And when that other wall disappears, you can go deposit it to stabilize the relic. Um, this one could theoretically be done with one person doing the relics. Um, but it definitely would make more sense to do the two from one room um, together, it just speeds things up. Well, so once you once you grab one, you can't grab the uh, the second one that's in that room. Right, but I mean, so you you, you so can do you this would puzzle. Grab two, one from each room. You could yeah, you, you could do it two. by yourself theoretically, um, because because of the way that it's set up, um, yep. you'd have to. And again, when you're with when you have relics on your on your javelin, you can't fly. So that creates a little bit of a thing and adds spawn and and you kind of have to be jumped around a bunch but it's not it's not amazingly difficult right this one just this one just takes doing, time yeah the other thing you're doing with every one of these events is deciding when to shoot it, it does it have a specific name the orb in this guy it's I the giant storm if it does, orb. i haven't heard it if yeah. i if it does i haven't heard it yeah so there's basically above every event there's an orb that you can shoot and it blows up and then it it clears out the storm effects but it also cuts your multiplier in half and so the whole goal, obviously, is when the leaderboards and everything go into effect is to have the highest score possible. So you don't want to shoot that 
And when you can't communicate with someone, if you're playing with random people and they just keep shooting that and screwing up your multiplier, which we've experienced when we were playing the first time, um, it's, it can be frustrating. But so that's also another element that the teams will have to figure out of, okay, when do we shoot this? When do we not? And do we split up? Can we do these on our own? Which ones can we do on our own? Um, and, and so forth. And, and like Steve was saying, some javelins aren't going to be able to do specific ones solo. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's difficult to see. And then the same thing goes if you go into a bubble, right? You, it, it drops your multiplier down in half, but as soon as right. you get out, then it's fine. And so, and well, and, that, and, that, and that's something that you definitely have to coordinate with because if you do split up and someone is taking out a large group of ads with an ultimate, they want that multiplier. But if you're about to yeah. die and need to jump into a bubble and you do that, then you just lost out on all those points. So, and that's one of the things that, you know, going out on, if you split up and you're doing, you know, all these different events, each time you complete an event, your multiplier goes up from one time to two times to three times to four times. And when you're in the storm, that doubles. So if you do three events, you have an eight times multiplier. But if you're not, if you're split up, then you're not getting any of those points that you could potentially be getting if you completed each task as a group and then move on to the next one. So it's it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be really interesting to figure out what the best way to go about this is. Maybe it's you group up two and two. Because so far, all of these puzzles you can do um, in pairs. So maybe you split up that way. But then if you're doing that, then you're losing out on half of the points because you don't have that multiplier build up by the time you you know finish another event. And we'll have to see how big of an effect having more time at the end of the at the end of the event actually grants you so, as a bonus. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that that it does like right now. Like so, Mulehorn uh, he posted his video of their of their stuff from the game uh, capture from session, the capture event. Right? It, yeah, because it was probably fine to do that and so they they had the highest score it was like five hundred thirty nine thousand, um and they did have that same bug we had where uh when you kill the boss it instantly cuts your multiplier in half so um it goes from eight down to four but they finished it with like six seconds left so and and they had way more experience playing it than, uh, than we did so we don't know if, if that really affects it but i i don't think the time left over when you're done affects uh score yeah, and there there were there are actually teams on the leaderboard right now that you can go look at. That it'll it'll show you their names. I think we're like ranked at number one hundred around there on there. But uh, you can tell that people that actually played at the capture event because it'll say EA Play or whatever in their number. And there were two other teams that were around the seven thousand seven hundred thousand range. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how that works out. I'm I'm excited for it. So the other the other event that I got into today before we jumped on was over in the uh, shoot. Where was it? It was it was in New Dawn, right? New Dawn has yeah, there's four orbs, there's four little balls that you pick up, and this one's pretty much a matching game. You have four orbs, you put them on pedestals next to these next to the um, the pictures that we've seen in a lot of the other missions that we've done. You just have to match those those symbols up, and there's a puzzle where you have to open the door first, go out and grab the other one, go put them in, in a couple other pedestals, open those doors before you do the final one. And that one you can do solo, but it takes it takes a long time because even with just the animation of picking them up and setting them down, it takes a lot of time. So I think you can do this one solo, but I definitely don't think you want to if you're yeah. really trying to push for well, for a high score. Yeah, and there's a ton of spots to put them in. There's like, uh, I think, maybe 12 spots you can put those in Yep. to open them up. And so that one was... That one can be tricky, right? So, yeah. 
And Mike, JD, I don't think you guys were able to to do this one yet, correct? I haven't done that one, but I did a I did a different one today. I don't know if you have done. I don't know if you had done another new one, but I did a new one that was new besides that one that you just said that was new. So which new one did you do that was new? new? It's a whole lot of new Um, going around here. I did one with turrets. There was turrets involved, quite a few turrets to destroy, and they were they're pretty they're pretty powerful turrets. um, But they're the way to to clear the area. There are two interaction plates um, that you just have to interact with. And they, they like turn off. Um, and so that, those are, that's the one that I did today that was new. It sounds like Devin has done that one already too. Yeah. That one was up, uh, it was all dominion. You were fighting, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. That's up at the top left of the map. Dominion. Yeah. Foothold. Yeah. yeah. And speaking so. of enemies. So this, this cataclysm is very dominion focused. We have the dominion trying to alter, alter reality. So the majority of the enemies that we're fighting are dominion. Um, and I, I don't know if I, I mean, it's really early to tell, but I'm not a huge fan of it only being dominion. I mean, there are some instances where you can spawn some elementals. Those things are all over the place in little groups. And if you kill them, you'll get some bonuses, but also I did find some wyvern. If you fly up high enough, you will spawn a pack of wyvern. I think there's eight of them that drop orbs. So I think there's a lot of hidden things that we just haven't found out. There's also an apex creature. There's a um, legendary bristleback that spawns on one of the beaches um, near New Dawn that grants a lot of points, which will give a really good high multiplier. And and it's kind of interesting that, um, you know, it's like, do you wait to kill all these creatures until your multiplier is the highest? So you want to explore after to pick up all these orbs? Because like you said, Devin, there are runes scattered everywhere and there are bonus orbs. But do you pick them up now while you're walking by them? Or do you spend the time to go out and get them afterwards, right before the boss? And I think that'll play a lot into the strategy of it all. I mean, maybe the best thing to do is get a bunch of interceptors because they're the fastest. And, you know, you've got more mobility. So maybe that might be the best route to go, just pure four interceptors. So what do you guys think about all the different enemies then? I mean, do you guys want something different? Because I think it would be really cool if an apex creature spawned at the completion of each of these events. Whether it's a Fury, whether it's Dominion, whether it's um, a Luminary. Well, I guess it, it wouldn't be a Luminary because Luminary are Scar-based. But I, w- I think I want more interaction on after you complete the puzzle. I want to like fight a big boss for more points, I guess. Yeah, I think it'd be I, fun. I, I mean, we've run across one. I think I've only run across one. I think Mike's run across one as well. Yeah. It's out there, um, you know, but it more creatures, I think, would be more Apex creatures would even just roaming around in the wild would be great. And I do think, you know, like all the elementals, they respawn. And so do the, um, is that a brain fart? I can't remember. The, the wyverns. Just talked about wyverns. Yes. So like I've killed all of them and moved down and completed something and come back and then they all respawn. So um, I, I mean, like it, it's all in testing right now. So, but I, I mean, we don't know if it's just going to keep respawning. So is it good to start and keep going to help, increase your multiplier and build that up or i don't know so yeah, yeah. so um, it's, it's just something to be tweaked, tweaked with and something to to fine tune because i mean maybe maybe it's one of those things where where you're not going to have enough time to do all the puzzles and all the apex but a combination yeah. of the puzzles and the apex will get you a higher a higher score and maybe maybe it comes down to what you have time for Maybe yep. maybe you can make a run that gives you three puzzles and two apex, 
and it and it'll give you the same kind of score again i mean it's just different ways to do it which which i think is really neat about this area because there isn't one set way to do it um kind of you know kind of like the big events that we played in destiny um that those became very all right now we're to this stage now we're to this stage now we do this relic bearer pick this up um you know do all i mean and everything was very procedural that way this way it seems like things are a little bit more open doing things in different orders to try to play with that multiplier and it's fun it'll keep the newness and then you can even challenge yourself with within your group you know this time we're going to try to do it um without with only doing apex creatures and again that would that would mean that there would have to be more and I think just one. I think I've only seen and heard of one um, so far in the world. But, yeah, so but far that's all. Yeah, but I haven't explored, it all. I, explored I, it all. So maybe out in the wild there's one, but I've seen Furies yeah. and other things. But... <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I like that because you're you're absolutely right. It ends up making every Cataclysm run feel unique to your group, and like depending on like what kind of people you're playing with, um, it can really like change your experience because all things that like what might be easy for one group may not be easy for another and so the order of how they do things is going to reflect that and uh i'm i'm personally really excited to play more of the cataclysm uh i mean it, it should be somewhat of an indication that uh i left ea play uh basically like man i have got to find the money to build a new pc so i can get on this pts and it'll play be on consoles city. eventually you know i, I, mean? I know i know it'll be there eventually but you know it's still it's still that you know the 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 uh what the remnants of the uh teenage gamer jd that's like i gotta get it now so yeah i gotta i gotta get on that man it was so much fun and i want to play more of it so so, so one of the cool things that there are, there are a lot of secrets that we've been finding. There is a Gravit King um, running around out there. I have not come across the Gravit King yet. The Gravit King acts like a... Um, shoot, I just lost... What, what do they call him in Diablo, Devin? A loot goblin. So yep. you hit this Gravit a bunch of times. Um, it starts dropping loot and eventually disappears. So the Gravit King never actually dies. So this is actually kind of cool, and I don't like Gravits. I don't like the idea of a Gravit King, but it is cool for this reason. So the lore of the Gravits in the game is that they are collectors, and they will actually steal items, and they hoard all this stuff. They're like little tiny dragons that hoard all this stuff. loot goblins. Yeah, loot (laughs) goblins. So having a Gravit King in there that actually drops loot that it would have stolen from players and from out in the world makes sense from a lore narrative. So that part I like. Otherwise, gravits whatever they can die in a fire. Um, also, we found a couple of we found a couple of doors um, that were hidden underwater somewhere that have switches that we have not been able to figure out how to open those. We found a bunch of other stuff that we're still trying to figure out how to activate and what it does and where it goes to. So these are the kind of things that I'm excited about. If you have an interceptor that doesn't die, it's helpful to explore. So hopefully, you guys all have one of that. So real quick, I want to hear you guys' suggestions so far because this this is in a PTS environment. They're looking for feedback, ways to make it better. So what are some of the things that you would suggest right now? And you don't have to go to the whole list that you have, but just give me some ideas of things that you would say, hey, do this, it'll be better. I already said mine. I want mini boss fights after all the puzzles complete, whether it's you know a Fury, a Bristleback, or something different. I would like something to do after the puzzle is done. What do you got, Mike? 
I'd like to see um, skins associated um, with with maybe the puzzles. Um, uh, no, I don't. I don't want to see that. I take that back. Okay, you can I take it know. back. It's, it's, it's RTS. You can't take it back. I can't take it back. It's, it's, recorded. it's fine for now. Like, r- like right now, it's fine. I don't, I don't think it's complete. I don't think it's super uber polished. So I can't, I can't speak to Wait. what should be there because maybe, I... maybe it's supposed to be there and it's just not for, you know, because it is a PTS. I'm, so are you saying I'm you'd rather, with... you'd rather reserve all that until you know, hey, this is what it's supposed to be, then give feedback? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I would, I would like to see that. I would like to, yeah. I mean, I'm cool with that. Devin, what would you like to see different? Uh, so for me, I would like more variety for enemies. I mean, it's a cataclysm, you know, so uh, right now it's mostly all elementals, and those are cool, but when that's all there is all over the place is elementals. There are some new Dominion, you know, but they're Dominion just with different different guns, uh, armor, a different look, you know, um, which goes along with the story narratives that will be coming out with the cataclysm. But um, I, I still think, you know, the Storm should be able to bring in uh, more more types of enemies and uh, creatures. I would love, um, yeah, just, I mean, more variety in there um, in the Cataclysm events. And it goes the same because that also pushes into free play Cataclysm stuff, which, you know, we, we probably won't have time to talk about tonight. But it's the same thing. They're all the same type of enemies when you're in the Cataclysm type type of environment and so I, I would like to see more I, don't, I just don't want it to be restricted to okay here's these two specific types of enemies and that's all you can fight because it, it makes it a lot more interesting when it can be randomized where hey we're hopping into the cataclysm right now and today it's you know putting out whatever and it's different than what it was yesterday you know and that also changes some of the way you're planning things but I don't know how I mean they're keeping all the stuff. They want you to develop a route, and they want you to, you know, make plans and stuff. So I don't know how well that would go with what their narrative they're trying to do. But right, do you think it's just because, hey, this this cataclysm is going to be dominion based? The next one possibly will be outlaw based. The next one will be scar based, and they just kind of want you to focus for those eight weeks on perfecting perfect this cataclysm. You'll get all that other stuff in the next one. I mean, is that? I don't I don't think that's the reason. I mean, because there are some story elements to this. So yeah. so it's not just enemies for enemies' sake. I I doubt they just drew out of a hat and said this one's Dominion. There are some Yeah, this some it's story, story it's story based and so we don't want to ruin it. <laughs> yeah, and it and it makes sense that that the next one will be different and and deal with different enemy type. But but you're wrong. It doesn't need to be different enemies. <laughs> Who's wrong? I'm wrong. You're wrong. We're all wrong. So, JD, do you have any uh, do you have any feedback that with your stuff. with your only you know mere minutes of being able to play the couple PPS? hours? Hour Less than two. that it wasn't even a couple hours. It was maybe an hour total. So, um, <clears throat> this is uh, really gonna. Uh, I, I mean, like I, I know that not everybody feels this way, but for me, I enjoy the fights uh, in Anthem. I really enjoy, um, you know, taking out ads. Um, and honestly, um, with some of the puzzles, when they were going on in the PTS, um, what I ended up wanting to do a lot of the time 
it, it like once the ads were gone didn't really feel like there was much else for me to do especially since i was like on crowd control basically um so my whole thing is that i feel like there could be more ads more elite enemies or something to just uh keep whoever is on that duty um feeling like they're constantly doing something because if you know with the coordination and stuff uh you know teams usually have certain roles um and if one of the people on your team is ever relegated to a point where they are just standing around waiting, um, I feel like any kind of dead space in the action, especially when the action gameplay of Anthem is one of its greatest strengths, is a missed opportunity. So I think there needs to be more ads, um, some like some action to fill the to fill the dead space. Um, you're, you're just too good at your job, JD. That's all there is to it. Just too good <laughs> at your job. So, so real quick, if you, um, do you guys want to talk about the free play events? Do you guys have much to say about them, Devin? Do you just want to run yeah. down what the free play event is? That's yeah, so uh, in the PTS. Yeah, it's a shaper storm. <laughs> so it is what just it is. a little bit tall, just a little bit smaller. That's all. Yeah, just a little bit smaller, um, but it's a pretty cool event. As you're going around, they pop up, and they're basically storm gates that you have to go through, and it, tra- it teleports you to. Uh, a new area, right? And so you have to go through and you complete objectives inside the new area that you've been teleported to. And um, there are basically chests at the end of each phase. There's three phases. And I don't want to spoil it for a lot of people, but, I mean, there's it's really fun. It was, for me, that was the funnest part of the PTS until I've, you know, my javelin could withstand the storm. Right. <laughs> and I could do whatever. So now it's really fun to explore, but... For me, that was like, okay, we played the Cataclysm. I was like, okay, we're doing some of these events and things. And I was kind of just like, well, it's it's not finished. So, you know, I'll reserve judgment on the other part. And I wasn't really getting too into it. And I was like, oh, this, you know, basically Shaper Storm happened. And it was a lot of fun. And and uh, it's very repeatable. You know, you can go and do do that and, and have fun with the group of people you're playing with. And it was definitely has a good difficulty, you know, and something to the, work towards. The- the one thing I like about this event, you have a very clear goal at the end of this mm-hmm. event. It's like, okay, you clear this wave, you get a chest. You clear this wave, you get a chest. You clear this wave, you get a chest. A lot of things in Anthem aren't so clear on what you're supposed to be doing, where you're supposed to be going, and what you're going to get from it. This event is very, it's like, hey, these are your rewards. You'll get them when you're done with this, and you don't have to fly around for forever looking for something to happen around you. You know, you don't. It's it's a very clear event with a very defined objective, and I think we need more of that kind of stuff in Anthem right yeah. now. So it's very fun. So, yeah. Regarding uh, regarding the chests, uh, real quick, this uh, didn't occur to me until just now, so I apologize. But I uh, I do kind of wish um, that it wasn't all chests all the time that we were getting the loot from. Well, that we were getting the loot from. I know, like we get them like after we kill a boss, like in a stronghold or anything like that. Um, but it would be nice to see some variety in how the loot is delivered. I know that the chest is pretty universal to video games, but like, um, I mean, are like, are there other chest designs in Anthem or do they all roughly look the same? I think there's only three chest designs. Yeah. There's a couple. Yeah. Either way, like it it would be nice to like, see like, especially with like this cataclysm going on and like this like entire reality made, like maybe opening like, um, a safe, like a safe in the floor or a safe in the wall or something like that. Something to, something to break that up because 
that is that is the thing that um especially um like especially after ea well after ea planet came back and i played anthem for a bit um doing all the world events was uh well doing a bunch of world events uh, i finally got my challenge of valor completed which was awesome but um doing all those world events i kind of got tired of seeing the same chest and maybe if it doesn't have to be a chest um like if there are other alternatives that they could use in place of that to like open up and have loot spring from it. What else? I'd be uh, open to that. What idea would, would if you gave them feedback and they said, "Oh, what would you want to? What would you put in there that's not a chest?" Um, I mean, like just things that like because all things that like if there are different uh, designs for the chests, I, I haven't really noticed them, and they're all kind of shaped the same, like maybe do a tall and skinny chest, you know, maybe, maybe do like, like a war uh, with the chest. You just want a different model, right? You just want yeah, to look just something, just something. Cause it just, it, it, they all kind of feel the same, at least to me. And I feel like that's a, that's, I, I don't know if it's a small enough, like if it's a smallish change to make, but I, I feel like there could be more variety in that. Cause it, it just felt very, at least that part. I always like, Oh, okay. Here's a chest open it. Oh, okay. I, I just felt like it could be something a little different. That's just a thought. I'm like That's an interesting complaint to have, JD. And like like we tell everyone, it's like it's your feedback. You own it. If that's your feedback, that's fine. That's just an interesting thought because I mean usually I'm just like, hey, go open the thing because there's a thing above it and I don't even, I've never thought about the feelings of a treasure chest. Maybe I should more. Maybe I should consider that more. But I did uh, oh I forgot to tell you something exciting. I got two new melee weapons. Oh, you finally got some? Uh, I got some. Uh, they're, from, they're purple. From the Cataclysm? The cataclysm or from... Cataclysm. Yeah, I got six of them and, uh, from playing today because it was raining loot all over when I was playing earlier. Uh, I got it's bunch of, uh, I was playing on normal, and I, got, I didn't just get weapon masterworks, so that was cool. Huh, nice. um, but, yeah, so I, I put those on, but it's you know still in the PTS, and so... They still show up as zero, <laughs> even though they're purple. It still doesn't affect gear score currently. Interesting. So I, I actually have a very interesting question for you guys. That this has been plaguing me even before a long, long time ago. We talked about the potential of Anthem having a PTR, and we got a PTS, so it's a little bit different. But I, I have a lot that I still need to do in the normal game. I still have to work on grinding out that insane amount of um, reput- reputation in order to get my gold skin. But I find myself wanting to explore the PTS more because I kind of feel like, hey, this yeah. is kind of our duty to be in here and help them figure out what this is going to be and find the bugs. So I'm neglecting my actual freelancer. And I don't know how... The- I'm like, well, should I split my time? Like, well, if I split my time, I really want to be doing this, but I want to be doing this. And I'm having an issue deciding on what I really want to do. Are you guys having the same issue, or is this just a me thing that I just don't have enough time to do everything I want? I thought about it, and I was kind of the same thing where I was like, well, I'm spending all my time in the PTS, and I'm not really doing anything with the radar. But I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, that'll be there. And, I mean, just playing the PTS and, and... the important thing is to actually give the feedback and, you know, you're playing it. And if you just talk to your friends about it, that doesn't really get to the devs. So, I mean, you need to go to their website, you know, to the what's it, answers at EA. Answers.hq. Yeah, EA Answers HQ. Yeah, and, and go there and you give them your feedback from when you play the game so they can actually see it and, and collect that data and, and kind of make changes if, if changes need to be made. But 
I would rather for me the, playing the PTS right now is funner than playing through, uh, you know, the regular game because I can still do you know strongholds and those kind of things in the PTS. I don't want to because I just want to go play in the Cataclysm or play in the free play Cataclysm events. So um, I think this is a good thing for me because when it does finally come out, I think it's going to be kind of the same reaction for a lot of people where they really want to spend time playing it and they're going to have a lot of fun with it. I mean, do you think it'll kind of be refreshing to go from the PTS back to, you know, when everything's said and done with this this round of the PTS? Because we also don't know how much longer they're going to leave this one up for now yeah so maybe and maybe maybe i should just get over the fact that hey you know i'm not my my hour counter isn't going up on the base game i'm not getting that rep but in the long run this is more beneficial and you know i can make this whole map so that when the cataclysm does come out we'll be able to hit those leaderboards um nice and hard because we'll have everything mapped out already so maybe that maybe that's i mean the pts is only going to be here for so long right so I mean, it's better to play it while it's here than to regret not spending enough time in it, right? So, or or if you feel like you've spent enough time with it and you're ready to go back to the regular game, then, I mean, do that. It, it, it is your gaming experience. But for me, it, like I said, we don't know when this is going to go down. And and honestly, for me, it's been up longer than I expected. So I agree. And there's more secrets to find. Mike, do you have this problem, or is this just this is not a Mike problem? Uh, not a Mike problem. All right, so not a mic problem. So, so are you are you playing PTS or are you doing just normal game? Uh, currently PTS. Okay, so I want to talk about EA Play real quick. We'll talk about this. We're already at an hour, so we'll kind of start wrapping it up with our experience at EA Play 2019. So I actually had a fun time. I I, I really enjoy like the drive. Like, I mean, we could fly out there if we wanted to, but and I kind of enjoy driving. You just get a lot of time to talk and to hang out and make those kind of memories. So that was a fun part of the trip, but um, things that we enjoyed about EA play. So um, we'll start with you, JD, things you enjoyed. And then we'll talk about the things that we liked, the things we didn't like. And then I kind of have an interesting question towards the end of this for you all. Um, so what I really enjoyed about EA play was um, meeting um, all of the people that I got to meet um, everybody from, William to Ash to uh, Mulehorn to Binary Numb. Um, I loved um, meeting a lot of the developers uh, for BioWare this year. I mean, when we went to EA Play last year, um, we were known to some of the developers at BioWare, but we were not on like, you know, like in-person conversation status. Like Ben Irving was just the dude at the front of the tent showing off the, the gameplay demo. Um, but like to actually like, you know, shake hands with him, talk with him for a while, talk with, uh, Chad Robertson, um, talk with Christopher Morgan, Chris Schmidt, um, you know, everybody, uh, that we met at, uh, from Bioware at EA play. That was awesome for me, especially since I've been a fan of EA, not EA, not a fan of EA. Uh, you're a fan of EA. It's all come out. You're a shill. no but more credibility. I can't walk that back, especially JD. since I've been a, especially since I've been a fan of Bioware for a very long time, and I actually kind of felt a little bit bad uh, because uh, I stepped out of um, something to uh, answer a phone call, and when I stepped out, I realized that Casey Hudson was sitting uh, there talking with Chad Robertson, and I was like, bit like, I like I ended up. Uh, going back in, and I popped out. 
uh, I, I popped back out because I was like, I didn't want to interrupt him, but at the same time, he's a person that I've really wanted to meet uh, because uh, my the road to where I am now uh, on this podcast and like with Bioware and everything started with uh, the E3 uh, 2006 video uh, revealing Mass Effect, and it was narrated by Casey Hudson. And I was like, if I don't take this opportunity, I may not get a chance to meet him later. And sure enough, he wasn't there after uh, that something was over. Um, but I got to meet him. I got to shake his hand. I didn't feel like it was an appropriate time for a picture because I kind of interrupted, uh, uh, inter- like po- politely interrupted the conversation. But I did kind of feel a little bit bad because I was way more excited to meet Casey than when I had met Chad Roberts in the previous day. <laughs> I mean, you but, shouldn't feel bad for meeting, you know, a, a hero that you've had for a long time. You shouldn't feel bad yeah, about and- that. Chad, Chad and I we talked about it uh talked about it later and it's like it's like it's like one of those things where it's like I've been a fan of Bioware for the last you know like like uh, like four, 13 14 years and Casey Hudson is like one of the first developers who whose name I even knew and to like actually meet him and like shake his hand and for him to like know who I was and know who the Freelancer Codex podcast was like that was insane to me and Honestly, that was like the most motivating and uh, like just totally invigorating um, part of the event for me because I'm like, I got to I got to go all in like I got to do this more like this was awesome. Yeah, that's that's me. That's me. Everybody else. How about cry? All right. Just go ahead and mute your mic. Devin, favorite part of favorite part of the show this year. Um, The part part where we didn't die on the road. Well, there was a. We didn't want to get into that, or Mike won't ever talk to us again. But it's true; he uh, might not. <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun. Um, EA Play was really cool for me. Like getting into the creators' cave and um, <clears throat> getting to play on those sweet computers back there. I said, like, oh, I really like my computer, but dang, this is a nice computer with the you know 144 hertz 4K monitors. And it was like HDR and so nice. And I mean, it's just cool. You know, I saw a couple celebrities in the media lounge and uh, it's not like I didn't, you know, I was like, "Ah, I shouldn't go up and see them, but I'm going to take a slide picture on the side. Who did did you see in the media lounge? Who did you see? (laughs) So one of them them that I saw, you probably won't even know who this is. No, I probably won't. Scott Porter. Oh yeah. Um, Scott Porter from that one thing. He's in, he was <laughs> he's in a bunch of different TV shows. He's in uh, plays and different things. But he's uh, he goes to EA Play every single year. And uh, the only reason I know that he's you know an actor Wait, was he because, was he in Heart of Dixie? He was, yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, so he goes there every year, and uh, so I saw him there. And there was I forget I can't even remember what this rapper's name was, but he was back there. Um, Fifty Cent. I don't know what it no, it was not. Um, but anyway, it was one of the newer newer rappers. But it, anyways, it didn't matter. But uh, it was just cool, you know, going in there. Oh yeah, Trevor Noah was there, like uh, your anthem said, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun being there with other people. Also, so during our capture event, the Xbox briefing was on. It was pretty distracting. So I, I think no, it was awesome very distracting. But it was very distracting. <laughs> it was really cool being in a room with all these same people that just love video games and reacting with a large group of people to announcements coming out of the Xbox briefing. 
and it was just a lot of fun. I mean, usually uh, E3 before, you know, last couple of years before we started going down there, I would watch them with my friends and we would be chatting or texting back and forth. And that's cool. But being in a room with, you know, 100 people that are all reacting at the same time to the same experience was just fun. And I really enjoyed it. So people lost their minds when Keanu, yeah, Reeves, Keanu showed Reeves was pretty awesome. That was easily that was, that was cool. That was the best. It, it was a fun moment. Mike, your one of your favorite moments uh at EA Play, or what was your favorite moment at EA Play? It was it was fun just being around um people who were close to Anthem and and having them um know who we were. That's always a surreal moment and it was just fun being around them and and getting to talk about stuff i i enjoyed it this is not usually the world that i'm in but but it's been fun to be around no it it, it was a lot of fun i mean it's it, the event it's it's a very interesting event i guess because i've been thinking a lot about ea play like who that event is for like who should attend this event because it, it is not an event that i would that i would suggest if you like live out of town I don't think you should go to EA Play, right? It's super far. If you're getting Unless just you like get a real early, if if you're just getting a normal pass, like that line is crazy long. It's mostly in the sun all the time, and so once you get through that line, then you get into the line that where you can actually play a game. And they like this year in particular, they weren't they didn't have any hands on experiences that you would actually be like hey, I got to play this brand new game that's coming out. I mean, you could play Anthem, you could play FIFA, you could play Madden, you could play The Sims. Uh, Fallen Order, they were just showing a video for it, just like they did with um, Anthem last year. So it, it's hard to say like, hey, you should you should go out there and do that. With with that being said, like being there was a lot of fun, probably because we didn't have to wait in those lines. So people can call, you know, we lost all credibility because we didn't have to wait in the uh, in that long old line or whatever. But I mean, it's it's I really enjoyed being there. I got enjoyed talking with the devs. Um, but I don't know if it's an event that I could recommend that you know anyone could go to unless you like live in L.A. or if you're anywhere I mean, close I, to L.A. I can see there's like a a one time event like, hey, this is. You're going to go all the way out there and you're going to go check this out. And it's, you know, you go to it, it's something you've watched or you look forward to going to, you, you get to experience it that first time. But as a, like, I wouldn't want to go to E3 with a regular ticket. Like I went there two or three years ago to, to E3 and it was really cool. It's something I'd wanted to do for most of my life. And it was a really cool moment for me and, and my buddy that got to go and, but being there with the 70,000 70, people crammed into that space uh, after the first day was not really uh, that enjoyable, you know? <laughs> so I think it's, I mean, if you really want to go and it's something you look forward to every year, maybe go one time and see what it's about. But you're not going to be able to do everything you want to do, but you're still going to be able to have, you know, somewhat of a okay experience, but you're going to have to, you know, take some time and actually work towards getting what you want when you go there. Right. And and I think and I and I had a thought and then my thought left me. I think if if you want to meet developers like they had uh, respawn developers were signing for Apex. So if you want to get in line for that, I mean, like the Apex booth was the biggest booth that they had this year. They had merchandise for Apex. They had signings from the developers for Apex. So if, if that was your jam this year, I could see like saying, hey, yeah, I want to go there. I want to get this stuff signed and kind of just check it out. I mean, they weren't showing off a ton. Like they showed off, you know, their their battle pass for season two, which 
I don't think that's even worth going there. Um, it's, it's, it's an interesting event that not being part of the big E3 show just kind of makes it a little bit weird, I guess. I, I don't know. Like, it, it's hard to say. Like I said, if you live there, yeah, go for it. But just plan on, you know what? This is what this is. You're, you're talking about longer lines than trying to get on Indiana Jones so, in the morning. So, so I, I had, I had different <laughs> thoughts that I, that I typed in uh, the sheet here. Um, but honestly, like for me, um, it's kind of like, so I, I used to, I used to, I went to Anime Expo a couple of times, uh, once in 2008, once in 2012. And, um, I hated it the second time. I loved it the first time, hated it the second time. Too many people absolutely hated it. I ended up going back in 2016 because I had the opportunity to work, uh, for an animation studio from Japan and working at the Anime Expo kind of ruined me for conventions because it's like you get you get to like bypass the crowds you get to bypass the lines you get to do a bunch of stuff that makes the entire event more convenient and although i put in the notes of like considering that the fan tickets are free if you get one and you live in the area like i i guess it's worth it um but i i I would say that like for me I, i i'm kind of biased in the opinion of like we had access to certain places. Um, we didn't have to deal with that line. Like there, there's a lot that was a little bit, well, that was a little bit more convenient for us because it had to be for time reasons um, that make it a lot better for us. Um, so I can, I, I think with the considerable, well, those things out of the way, I would definitely say that it's maybe not even worth it. If you live in the area, I, I feel like the event could be significantly improved um to make it a little bit more comfortable for the people that are there um like it it just especially like the back half of the event as you're getting closer to the exit it kind of feels like they just failed to properly optimize all that space uh (laughs) because they're too busy like focusing on the lines and then like there was so much space dedicated to apex legends and i'm like well, I, I'm and yeah. there's there it's should be popular. this year, yeah. I mean, there should be dedicated space to Apex, especially because they're announcing their new stuff. But I mean, like at, at one point, I was standing in line and I was directing people where to go. That's just kind of how the show turned out. <laughs> so, I yeah. mean, you just kind of you kind of help where you can. But one of the things you that I wanted to wrap your neck, and people just assume you work there. Yeah, and one <laughs> of the things that I, that I did want to talk about. Um, so we had the opportunity to go do a feedback session with the developers that were there we got to play the game and they invited us back to do feedback session one thing and i and i bring this up for this reason we can't talk about it because it's under nda or whatever and they'll get really mad at us and they'll stop paying us all that money that um ea pays us to do this podcast Steven must be pocketing all this money it's true i am but one thing that i do want to say to everyone that's out there while michael lets out this really big sigh is that the there, there's, there's an idea on Reddit with the the last remaining people that hate the game that because they're having influencers or YouTube personalities um, give direct feedback that they're not listening to the feedback of everyone else and everything that we heard during this session is just completely not true. Um, they're listening to all the feedback that's coming in. They're reading Reddit. They're reading Twitter. They're on the EA Answer forums looking at that feedback. I mean, because they can't respond to every single person that sends them messages does not mean that they're not listening. 
because the developers are really passionate about the game and that that was pretty evident i mean you could you could be pretty cynical and say well of course they're going to say that to your face but really they hate the they hate the game and they hate the players and they want everyone to die right you could you could be that person but i choose to give people the benefit of the doubt when i talk to them face to face so they they are listening so one thing that you know and they keep saying you know what play the pts Give us your feedback. We'll look at it. We'll implement what we can. And I think a lot of times we think that just because we have, you know, all this feedback that they have to listen to us. I mean, they have design philosophies that as developers, like they want to stick with those a lot of the times, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to course correct if their fan base fan base says they want X. So, I mean, they're listening. Give them the feedback. If you don't want to go on to EA forums, um, to provide that feedback, we set up a Discord channel just labeled feedback. Type it in there. We'll type it up and we'll send it on for you. Because I know a lot of times people just don't want to go on, log into something else, put in feedback. A lot of times that website, you know, kind of crashes and gets buggy. So send it over to the feedback. We'll do it for you and we'll send it on for you. I mean, that's something that we are completely willing to do because they're listening to the feedback. Okay. Um, and well, rant. Go ahead, Devin. Yeah, so I think you know the, another thing people forget is all these influencers and and uh, everybody else. They have large communities of people that talk to them or or comment whenever they're doing videos and other things, and they can see what their people are saying to them, and they can bring that information as well. I mean, the whole point of having focus groups is to talk to these specific individuals. Like I said, I mean they they can't talk to everybody, but they've made it available. For everyone to give their feedback, they've provided a place and a location. All you have to do is log in and type in what, what you want to tell them about the game and, and how you feel about whatever it is in the game. And I think people that get upset that they talk to game changers or influencers just miss the point that these people represent their entire communities. Like when they go there, you bring with you the feelings of your community and the thoughts of your community. And that's like you, like you said, you know, they're – there's places to do that. We have a place, you know, in our discord where you can come in and, and share that. And we'll be more than happy to pass that on to them. And it's a great place to have a conversation about, you know, what, what you think of what's going on in the game and your feedback and discussing it with other people and, and bouncing those ideas off. And, and really that's what the, the developers need is they can only see so much of the game as players. We're going to spend way more time in it than they can because there's so many more of us than there are of them, obviously. And so they need our feedback to be able to help direct the game. We can't just complain and not give them any feedback and just, you know, expect them to just figure it out, you know, so. Right. And I, and I think we provided the best feedback out of anyone there. I mean, that's my opinion. So, I mean, that's what I'm going to stick with. Definitely the best feedback. So, so real quick. And, and again, like, we're like, we're not going to like change like who we are, like, as people just to be overtly negative or like toxic about something just because you have a very well just because some people might have a very emotional response or um i guess filter to the feedback that they give doesn't mean that we have to i mean it's a personal it's a personal choice of how overtly negative or toxic we choose to be like we don't we don't it's like making the choice to like talk without swearing you know like it's possible i mean do does everybody do it no does like does that make what you're saying any less valid not really but the whole thing is that it does affect how people listen to you okay if you're somebody that's just spewing out you know swear words left and right 
people, if they're not into that, they may not listen to anything you say. I mean, we choose to give feedback in the way that we give feedback because that's just who we are as people. We believe in being polite. We believe in giving constructive criticism. And we believe in, even when we're being negative, to be to voice our negative opinions without being rude to the people that are hearing them. They are people with their own lives, their own things that they are going through. Their life does not begin and end with this game, even though some people on the internet do. Sounds so, like sounds like just being an adult or a good adult. True. So, yeah. Anyway, just being so a decent person. So so real quick, I want to make sure that our community knows that we went to bat for you guys every developer that we talked to we brought up the wooden javelin skin so eventually maybe it'll happen who knows we'll see okay so real quick i want to finish this up because mike's got that look on his face um predictions that we did for i'm hearing a weird echo um so predictions that we had for ea play we'll just go through these really quick and we'll see who the ultimate winner was and then they're going to win a big prize here so mike will you go through with our first predictions here and then we'll rank who got these points and who did not get points from our predictions Predictions number one. Steven predicted that we would get a sneak peek at a new javelin. I'm pretty bummed out that this didn't happen. I was expecting Not maybe happen. a tiny little trailer. I mean, this would be the thing that, hey, here you got new javelins coming. So zero points for me for that one. That sucks. Devin predicted that there would be a wooden javelin wrap. Nope. That also didn't happen. Next time, maybe? I predicted that we will be getting more content around the Urgoth. So, also did not happen. Unfortunately. (laughs) JD predicted that at least two new strongholds would be released by the end of the summer. And that's definitely not going to happen. No, that's not happening. We might get get the cataclysm towards the end of the summer. (laughs) Steven so, uh, predicted that he would be walked in by three people in the bathroom. Oh, I have a bathroom story. <laughs> oh no. Really? I do. Really? This, so I didn't get I didn't get walked in by anyone, right? So we went to we went to an Angels Mariners game while we were there, which was a ton of fun. You know, three back to back to back home runs. That place exploded. I don't think you ever get that kind of excitement anywhere else, right? Except in a stadium like that with a bunch of home fans. Super fun game. So I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I mean, these these are like old school bathrooms. You guys remember back in, I don't know, years and years and years ago, they'd have just like these urinals lined up. There's no privacy, just one right next to each other. I mean, if you like, <laughs> if you like barely move to the left, you're going to knock someone's aim off, right? Um, so... <laughs> So I walk in there and it like immediately walked through the door and there's this dude looking over at the entrance. He's doing his business. He's got his stuff in his hand and he's just like 45 degree angle with the urinal staring at the entrance, making eye contact with every single person that walks through that door. And it was the weirdest thing. I have no idea like why he was doing it. If he was like purposely creeping people out. But I was like, stop dead in my tracks like what do i have something on myself like what, what's going on i was like nope just put your head down walk over and every single person eye contact as they came in with this right stuff next in to that dude urinal right next to him there's no way i'm going anywhere close to that guy ever again no not gonna happen it was the weirdest thing i ever encountered in a bathroom no maybe not anyway so i got a zero on that one 
Devin predicted that we would be able to play Anthem for a full hour. I guess we kind of did yeah, do that, yeah. did we? Yeah, How many points did? did? So Devin, you got five points for that because I did not think we were going to be able to do that. I thought it was going to be like thirty minute sessions, Lack and that faith was it. is disturbing. But I but appreciate it. Granted, if you went through that line as someone that just got in and wanted to play the game, you only had twenty minutes. So other people were not so lucky as us. All right, next one, Mike. I predicted that we would get never before seen cinematics and or cutscenes. And that was also kind of sad that that didn't happen. I mean, it would have been perfect if it was a cinematic cutscene of a new javelin with a wooden yeah. skin, but that didn't happen. JD? <laughs> JD's uh, uh, second prediction, Mike. JD thought that it would be cloudy. So was it cloudy? No. I, I mean, when we got there, yeah. I remember, I remember making the comment to you, Stephen, like when we were waiting so and going. Was that, were those clouds or was that fog? Was that just like the? I, don't I said know. I said cloudy. I did not say overcast or foggy. I said cloudy. I know what I said, Stephen. What, what do you, you think, Devin? I don't know. I I don't know about that, JD. It was cloudy when we got there. Maybe right. we give him half of his five points. We'll give you half the points. We'll give him yeah. half of the. We'll give him half of the points because I mean, cloudy. I had recount. Fake news. <laughs> I'm out. Fake news. <laughs> I'm out. All right. So Steven, let's see. Go ahead. Steven predicted that there would be 10 or more stormtroopers walking around. I, d- I don't know how this wasn't a thing. I mean, we got two. We had two stormtroopers there, right? I mean, biggest game that they're announcing. And there's only two stormtroopers there. I mean, they had the whole Apex c- squad in cosplay while they were there. And we only get yep. two stormtroopers. I mean, there's and like those weren't even stormtroopers. They were they were like the death were squad troopers. I mean, they could have invited the whole. Them, but... So what's the what's the cosplay crew that does all the stormtrooper stuff? That's like the five hundred and fourth. I mean, that could have been a thing, but they weren't there. Yeah. So anyway, zero points for me. Devin thought that we would have trouble getting into EA Play. I vote first. You vote <laughs> first. No, 501st Legion. 501st. Okay. I thought 504, 501st. All right. Zero points for Devin. Mike, your next one. Um, I thought there would be a photo op with javelins. Also zeros. And JD thought that the featured store would get some changes. Man, we are terrible at predictions. Like I I would assume that a lot of these things were going to happen, but I guess, you know, EA just kind of... It's like, nope, all these predictions are going to be wrong. They heard the podcast and they're like... <laughs> so, De- so, Devin, you ended up winning with five points. Congratulations on your predictions. I mean, this was a pretty sad showing from all of us. Mike and I were throwing up goose eggs there and JD with a, like, you know, uh, a courtesy two and a half it points. Was, it, so. it, it, it was cloudy bad. It's, <laughs> it's like cloudy okay. for an hour. If, but, you, yeah. if you asked William with all of his sunscreen if it was cloudy... <laughs> oh, okay all right yeah that guy would get burned in the snow are you kidding me <laughs> burned in the snow all right real quick to, you, end, to end this but... train wreck of a podcast that we have going on over here so real quick lore section as i was going through this this is titled the faithful this is in the histories that you can go through and find um there's a giant statue of a ranger out there with a sword so you guys have flown past this a ton of times you've seen it 
you'll know it when whenever you fly back the next time. So this is the lore blurb for the faithful. It says, This enormous statue was built to honor the faithful of the Haven, those who chose to stay at the Legion's first stronghold when the Urgoth attacked. Though the Haven had been evacuated, 50-odd faithful, made of lancers, healers, pages, and cooks, stayed to create the illusion of protecting the population, drawing the enemy's attention away from Tarsus's effort to move hundreds of refugees to the Fortress of Dawn. Few survived, but the legend lives on. And I'm not on that note, freelancers. I think there's a shaper storm on the horizon. We'll see you on the other side. Later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Freelancer Codex, on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or through email at freelancercodex at gmail.com. Join the Discord through the link provided at freelancercodex.com. Our show will always be free, but if you'd like to send some support, you may do so at patreon.com slash freelancercodex. Our individual Twitter handles are at Stephen Lamson, at mlamson25, at neverfear, and at jdthejokedealer. Freelancers, it's time to get to work.